Fatality Fitness Podcast, covering everything from fitness, health, and nutrition with your host, Matthew Smiley, covering top topics and answering all your fitness Q&As with featured guests. So on this uh, episode of the Fatality Fitness Podcast, I have none other than John Ryder. So for anybody that doesn't know John Ryder, John, tell us a bit about yourself. I'm John Ryder, I'm 31 years old, I'm a British supermodel boxer, um, just lost a very controversial decision to Callum Smith for the WBA World Super Middleweight title and the Ring Magazine, um, yeah, that's it, uh, boxing and family, that is, that's the life and, and, and the weights room. So where, where did, how did you, what started out, what made you want to start being a boxer? Just love boxing as a kid, you know what I mean? I grew up in a great era in the 90s of uh, the, the Ben Eubank, Collins days. Prince Nazine was, was thriving and it's just a, a great time to be about as a kid and to see great fights on terrestrial TV. Yeah. How many amateur fights? I, I, yeah, I started quite late. I, I started training at 12, at my first fight at 15. Um, won two national titles. Um, but I only had 35 amateur fights with 30 wins. Yeah, and uh, when you at what, what age were you when you turned pro, John? I think I was um, 21, 22. Um, I'm tr- yeah, 22, I think I was when I turned pro. Just start. Um, just start. Thought the time was right. Yeah, start. Did you start your campaign at middleweight? Did you initially start? Yeah, at, I mean, yeah. my fir- my first initial fight as an amateur was at 73.5. So. Um, the middleweight limit as a pro is, um, I think, it's seventy-two point six. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been started at seventy-three point five in that. So in my first fight, obviously in the championships, it was under seventy-five kg, and then as a pro, I was um, fighting at eleven six for the first first um, eight years. Yeah. So you've had like, so you started off at middleweight. You went, I think you went fifteen and all. Before yeah, fifteen and oh, yeah. Before you've went fight Billy Joe. Well, obviously now it doesn't look like a big defeat if you look at Billy Joe's record. No, exactly. He's gone on. He's um he's achieved great things in the sport. He's now a two weight world champion. And I mean um that that fight could have gone either way that night. It was yeah. a, a good close hard fight. Um, I think it was half past midnight that we ended up getting in the ring to fight and um. Yeah, nice. No, so, um, he's gone on and done well, and I should have really catapulted myself on. But I've had silly defeats that some I should have had, some I shouldn't have. But that's just a sport. Yeah, that's that's what we're looking at now. It's like you've went on and had a couple of def- defeats, and I think at a point in your career you're thinking to yourself, "Is is this really for me?" And especially at middleweight, because you, I don't think a lot of people realise how hard it was for you to make the weight. Yeah. No, yeah, and you know. You know, like three or four years ago, I didn't know about nutrition and my body what I know now. I mean, I think boxing's forever developing in the nutritional and the strength conditioning side. We've got like we've got great advice now from the likes of SNCs and nutritionists. But back then, it was just it was just guesswork. It was the latest trends, the latest diets to go on. It was like everyone was at the thing of like the Ricky Atten diet where you can go out and have 20 pints on the weekend and then get in camp for eight weeks and be fit. 
Yeah, try try to make weight. Because I, I seen Lee, I seen Lee Selby posting the other day. He was saying somebody was asking him how he's no longer how how he's no longer made featherweight, and he was he was seeing he was cutting thirty five pound between fights right. and, and, and 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 living on eight hundred to what one thousand two hundred calories. Like I think for what you know now is what's your nutrition like now? What what kind of can I intake of calories are you taking on a daily basis? We're still working like a calorie deficit, but it'll yeah. be like on a high day in the sparring, we'll be on, say, 18.50, fueling for the sessions, and on a low day, we don't drop it that much, really, maybe 16 to 16.50, so yeah. I still feel I'm, I'm fueled, I'm eating the right stuff, uh, the intake of water is high, That's a high just getting the right foods in. Did you, did, at, at times when you were at middleweight, did you feel that, that, that like nothing in the tank? Yeah, I mean, and a lot of it was old school methods. I mean, I had an old, an old trainer who literally killed himself to make weight in years gone by, and it was just that they pass on that knowledge to you. So it's only when you get the advice of a professional and learn, learn the real things about the body and how to diet that you, you realise that you kind of got to eat more to lose more. So yeah. it works the complete opposite way. Yeah. I mean, how long did you campaign at middleweight for, do you know? I think probably as a pro about seven to eight years. Yeah, picked up two titles on the way. So, um, obviously, you were saying that you didn't know much back then, like nutrition-wise and strength and conditioning. Can you see a big change in the the way boxers are training now with strength and conditioning? Obviously, we can see now that you've brought in strength and conditioning coach Dan Lawrence as well to try and change your game up. Yeah, massively. I mean, years ago we all we all got a when it was a new thing to get a strength conditioner on board, we um, we had one at the matchroom gym who was working alongside a lot of the fellas, and then he had us on a steak every day for breakfast. And I mean, you look back now and you think, with the likes of like game changers and whatnot on Netflix, and just think that that's the complete wrong thing to be putting into your body every morning. But um, yeah, moving forward, like Dan Lawrence, he's um, initially I've been, I think he's been working with him two years now, and I think I've seen improvement every camp. The, the, the change in my body, the change in my yeah, diet. Just, just posted habits, these, yeah. these pictures up. You've seen the change. I feel like the last three weigh-ins that you've probably uh, for the fights you've been in, you can actually see like the dramatic change in you and your and your shape. Yeah, massively. Because I mean, initially the first fight was the Jane Cox fight. I think I had eight weeks with him, um, so we didn't get as much work as each of us would have liked. Yeah, and we had a, a good a good length of time before the Sorokin fight. Um, that that was a good camp for that. Then um, with the Vegas fight, we we was we was out in the LA two weeks before, so he was in in living with me for two weeks before, and he got all the food prepared in the house, and it was it was perfect. It was ideal. So knowing that going into the, this the Kevin Smith camp, it, it was planned that we that that fell through. So we ended up renting an Airbnb. Me and Dan moved into that for a few weeks prior to the fight and um, really got locked into the nutrition side. Yeah. So let's talk about the training side. So what is what is a, a week's training for John, John Ryder, when he's in camp? Peak, peak um, time into camp. So. Mi- mixture of cardio with do some, uh, some long, slow fat burners, some, some sprint sessions. Tuesday and Thursday are our sprint sessions in Brentwood. That's either like the triangle run or the hill sprints on a Tuesday. On the Thursday, it would either be the, the sledge, the 
the track work or the, the steps at Leon C. Um, when the, I tend to rest off the cardio and do like a sparring session or an SNC session in the afternoon. Uh, Monday and Friday, I'll either do a long run or like an assault back session because we'll have sparring in the afternoon. And then on the weekend, normally a strength conditioning session on a Saturday morning. And then uh, maybe see how I feel on a Sunday, it'll be a long run or an assault back session. Yeah. So on that kind of active recovery kind of Sunday session? Yeah, I think you don't need to... It's important to get a rest in on a, on a rest day, yeah. especially with the, the loads deep in camp. So, I mean, what you can make up for in six minutes on a salt bike is 50 minutes on the road. So, I think it takes a lot off your joints as well. So, it's, it's often handy to just switch it up a little bit. There's things like that, and it? it's just the, these small changes that can actually benefit you in the long run, like for the recovery. Yeah, I think just, just minor margins. You're taking a load off your off your joints. Yep. I mean, under fatigue as well, after a long, hard week, you don't really need to put any impact on your back and your knees and your hips. I mean, I'm not getting any younger, so I'm, I'm feeling the, the strain a bit more after fights and heavy training sessions. So just things like the assault bike, the watt bike, they're, they're all good. I'm not no good at swimming. I swim like a rock. But, um, yeah. The bikes really get a good workout on. What is, what is recovery for John as well? Do you, any, other, any other things that you do? Meditate, what kind of anything? No, I'm not, I'm no. not one for meditation. For I do sometimes sit down five yep. day and chill a little out. five minutes to myself and chill out and put a little meditation video on YouTube. But um, I'm more just, uh, I, like my, I like my sports massage. I like the... Um, cryo? I'm, I, I don't mind. The, I've had a couple yeah. of cryo chambers. Yeah, I'm a bit skeptical about it. I don't know if I believe in it. Yeah. But, um, Even if it is... We, that's the thing, yes, if, if it's even placebo effect, if it makes you feel better about your training, then obviously it's doing something for you that, in the long run, but as you said, like, scientifically, is it beneficial? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of them, I'm sure there, there is a lot of benefits to it, but I'm, I'm still sceptical, but we, we use the ferragon as well to get into the, the, yep, the yep, muscles, and yep. uh, the, the, the name of it, got me the... The no, sorry, the normal tech trousers. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. I've seen, I've yeah, seen, I've seen, I've seen I'm, them. I'm a big believer in them, and yep. when when I can get them at the gym, if I'm in camp, I will definitely take yeah, them away. So let, let's talk more about the strength condition that you do with Dan. I've got a wee clip here. You have a kind of video of what he's doing. So obviously, this one's the kind of before the the fight. That's kind of like the promo video that they've done. In, oh, the yeah. in the lab, so obviously showing you the more kind of kind of tape. I'm guessing obviously the kind of more kind of tapering phase because that would have been quite close to the fight. Yeah, yeah, that was the the Thursday before the, um, yeah. the fight. So yeah, the day before weighing. That's just more like a, um, a priming session just to keep the body switched on. Yep. Because that's the thing as, that's as well. Start. A lot of boxers would probably find that they would they would train hard and then the week before the fight they would find they wouldn't do anything. They would just not, but maybe just sharp on the pads. But if you were doing strength and conditioning, you still want to get that tapering phase, as you said, keep everyone firing. Yeah, I think it's important as well because I like to keep the pads up and whatnot and keep sharp. But I think you're working on these muscles, and a lot of this is priming the, the muscles for the for the fight. So keep everything active and just keep everything firing. We've got you a video here doing the heavy split squat and then straight into kind of plyo jumps. 
Yeah. That's one we cut out of. Obviously, that's in is it BXR in London? Yeah, and I would do. Um, with me, I'm. I've got into SNC quite late, so I'm a bit restricted on a lot of the movements I can do. There's a few of the lifts that I can't really get into place and struggle with a few of the holds. So the trap bar really worked well for me. Um, the safety bar also works well with a with yeah. split squats and, and, and squats. So and I think just got to play to your strengths a bit more. Yeah. What kind of what kind of lifts are you saying that you kind of cause you're late into the kind of strength and conditioning? What you kind of struggle on? I think I think more as boxes. I think where we're we're so inverted on the shoulders, where we used to be in curved round and in the, in like the, the punching stance. I think we I'd struggled with more of like a, a clean and jerk or yeah, like more of, like Olympic, Olympic kind of lifting. Anything yeah, anything thing. overhead and I, I can't really like get, get like a front front squat front squat. Yeah, yeah I struggled struggled to keep the bar there so. I think that's why the safety bar, safety bar well. I was going to say safety bar safety bar works well for any kind of boxers. Um obviously because you're rounded in that kyphotic kind of position for long, obviously. Um let's talk about it. So obviously mobility, um mobility is a big issue for a lot of boxers. So you use that as kind of your main kind of workout uh, kind of warm up, sorry, before your before your workout. Yeah, because I think as boxers, I think Listen, we're, we're all bad for it. None of us warm up as much as we should do, and we certainly don't cool down like we should do. Yeah. Once we're done, the hand with a few sit-ups maybe, but, uh, probably not even that beneficial to us. Um, a few sit-ups, take the reps off, walk to the shower. There's no, there's very little stretching done or any cool-down process. We might hit the speed ball for a bit, but other than that, I think the mobility sessions are really important just for... I find now that if I've had a, a long journey in a car or if I've not done something for a couple of days, like having not having fought last Saturday and not done nothing for a week now. <laughs> I really want to get on a foam roller and just, just ease myself out and break uh, myself in. Just, just loosen off. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, we'll go back and have a look at um, the fight last Saturday. So, a lot of people, the thing is, it's like, very hard for me to score it because obviously I know you well, John. Um, but when you jump on social media and you see like 90 or 95% of the people kind of commenting below saying it was a robbery, um, what's your thoughts on the fight itself? How do you think it went? And obviously the support that you've been getting. Like firstly, the support online has been overwhelming. You know, I believe as the final bell went, I, I believed I won, and the people around me were saying, "That's yours. You're, you are world champion now. You can only take that." They're wholeheartedly telling you, and the, I trust the people's opinion. Then the decision goes the other way, and you think, "Well, are they are they just blind smoke up my ass?" I mean, but the support online has been something else. I mean, th there's no way that they they could see it be also blind for me. Do you know what I mean so? I mean, I'm yet to watch it back, but going by what people are saying, and these these are people who've got no allegiance to me. I haven't got a, listen. You know what Twitter and social media is like yourself. Yeah. People are far quick, quick, quicker to give you stick than they are to praise you. So yeah, the fact that people are giving me the praise online is just just goes to show that how wrong the judges were. Well, that's the thing. It's like, do you think your mentality's kind of changed? But obviously, or is it because of social media? Obviously, when you look at the, the defeats that you've had in kind of past, 
um, maybe like a point where you thought to yourself, look, this isn't for me, boxing, and then a defeat like that one there, and you think to yourself, yeah, look at the support I've got. This, this is this is what it's this is what it's all about. Even though I didn't get the win, um, this is what this is what boxing's all about. Yeah, no. Listen, I've come. I've been at lower points in this year. I mean, I'm still in a great position. Yeah. Chances are, I'm still going to fight for a world title in this fight. Um, I've taken a bundle of credibility from that fight. But listen, it's nice to have people's kind words and all the all the you should have won and all that. But at the end of the day, I, I, I've not had a decision. I feel like the champion, and I feel like I should have been titles around my waist, but ultimately, I haven't. And they're, they're what I want. They're what I'm in the sport yeah. for. So. 2020, I'm looking to put that right and, and get the title around my waist. Um, do you think? Do you think? Obviously, I just really with, get what's mine. Do you think with the the main talking point would be the, the judges scoring though? What would be a yeah what, massively yeah. When we think what what, what what a great fight, and then obviously it's great to it's been a great fight. Obviously, a couple of rounds were close, um, but when you look at the judges scoring, what what, what are they watching? If you think to you. I think that yeah, is... no, no, I've, I've seen the, the cards and it's like, I don't even think they're seeing the same fight because there's no consistent, apart from the, the 116, 112, they're, they're both the same cards, but if you look at the way they scored the round, they're both scored completely different. So it's yeah. like, how are you all seeing it so, seeing so different. different? That's the thing, it's like, um, even if, the, even if the, the fight had maybe went one round or two round to Callum, you would maybe thought to yourself, right, okay, and then maybe watch it back and think to yourself, where where did I go wrong? But when you look at that and the scorecards are so wide, how does that how does that happen? Like surely something needs to change in boxing with that, because that's a few fights that you've we've seen it. It's like it's not been a round or two rounds each way. It's been so wide, and and it yeah. it, it, it doesn't it doesn't um, give you the kind of the respect for the effort for the the fight that you basically put the, the effort that you gave no because I think if you're if you're just a, if you're not a really a boxing fan you're just a casual and you're looking at the report and you see he got beat 117 111 116 112 twice you think ah, it's a pretty routine match for Cam yep. Smith there. he's, yep, he's in it with his own weight you, you watch the fight back it's, it's a different story I went in there I've got a game plan off to the tee been working on a game plan with Tony Sims for, for weeks on end really Probably since I've boxed in Vegas, we've been fight, working with Cam Smith in mind. So, nearly six months working with him in mind, training hard, sparring to all the guys, getting sparring in. And um, I just think the game plan went perfect and I negated everything he'd done. People say he had a bad night. No, he didn't. I had a great night. I've done everything I need to do. He didn't get his shots off. That's, that's not my problem. I, yeah. I got my game plan off perfectly. So, you're saying a big 2020. What What's next for John Ryder? Just a bit more rest, a bit more time with the family. Um, get Christmas out of the way. And I'm, I'm just looking forward to getting back in, ticking over, getting back on the strength and conditioning, getting back on the boxing side and just, just working towards something big. See, but what's the what's the situation would be with the WBA? Would that, are you still interim champion? Will that make you still... They're talking about the WBA regular title. Are you fighting for that? Yeah, is I think the right? WBA regulars become vacant now. I think yeah. uh, I, don't, I, I, I don't think I'll be champion, interim champion anymore. I think I'll be stripped and put up as vacant. So um, hopefully I can get a fight for the vacant regular title and then um, that's, that's, 
that's a flight that I'd be up for and get on the ladder. Right, before we talk about uh, the big fight next week, there's another fight that you might be interested in as well. Keep your eyes on the J- Jacobs fight. Obviously, he's moving up to super middleweight, fighting Chavez. You got an interest in that fight? Yeah, it's a, it'd be a good fight. Interesting to watch and seeing what Jacobs done at middleweight, the battles he's had and what he's come back from. So it's a great story, the miracle man. But um, I think Chavez has just been a playboy at this, and he's yeah. He lived off his dad's name for too long, so I'm sure I'm sure Jacobs will put in a, a great performance. Because these these are the kind of they're the kind of fights you need to look at now. Because obviously you being in that that mix, you're you've basically shown that you can mix it with the top top level. So th- these are the fights that are not going to be they're not out your reach. If um, like Eubank and Jacobs, Billy Joe Saunders, all the all these kind of names now. I think. I think they now now know that John Ryder can can mix it with that kind of elite level. Yeah, no, exactly, and that, that's what I want. I mean, I want these these big fights. I mean, I did put my name in the hat for Jacobs already, but um, he's gone for the big American name, and Chavez is that. He's a massive name in America. He carries it as legacy, so I, I get what they're doing. But it's definitely a fight I'll be up for down the line. Yeah, your name was your name was up for Eubank as well. Was that not right? Yeah, we was we was in negotiations with them for a while. Um, just just come come to come to a blank really, and I see he's fighting um, Korobov now in the states yeah. in December something. December something, isn't it? Yep. And the thing is, obviously the mandatory position was getting called, so it took the right option and took the the Callum Smith fight. Obviously a huge underdog in the fight, but obviously you've proved uh, everybody that you can get up there and mix with the the elite level um, so let's talk about the the fight next week so AJ uh, Ruiz rematch how do you think it'll play how, how, how do you think it'll go so you know what? It's, this is interesting because we're, we're talking about the likes of shape conditioning and, and whatnot. And, I mean you look at Ruiz and it don't look like he's ever touched a weight in his life yeah. don't look like he's died a day in his life so, um, and, and look what he did but I think AJ's trimmed down a bit this this camp and he's he's been a little bit less active on the weights and a bit more. I think he's lean, got a bit more lean, so I think could play a big part. I don't know if Ruiz has got his number now, but I hope not. I'm, I'm a massive AJ fan and what he's done for British boxing has been unbelievable. I think even for it's a bit even, of a sad state when he got beat. Yeah, even for strength and conditioning wise as well. If it wasn't for kind of Joshua posting kind of things on Instagram and social media. Do you think a lot of boxers would probably wouldn't even be kind of trying the strength and conditioning side of things? Because obviously, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you see that he's posting a lot of drills daily, and you see a lot of people get a lot of insight into what he's doing, and people that encourages people to go and get active and get doing it themselves. So I think it has brought a lot of a lot more S and C coaches into the game and given a lot more more of an opportunity. Yeah, let's try it out. Right, John, going to call it a day thanks for thanks for uh, being a guest and uh, hopefully we can get a a big 2020 a big fight um, and get that world title fingers crossed mate thanks for having me on thanks very much cheers cheers mate Fatality Fitness Podcast covering everything from fitness health and nutrition with your host Matthew Smiley covering top topics and answering all your fitness Q&As with featured guests 
So huge thanks to John Ryder. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And to find out more from myself, please follow on Instagram at fatality underscore PT. Thanks.